Why are men and boys struggling? And what should we do about it? In a world of chaos and our attention is being pulled in different directions, the Pursuing Truth podcast is seeking the solution by having authentic conversations that are aimed to impact culture. Hello, everyone. I am Levi Brickley with the Pursuing Truth podcast, and this is another episode of the Real Talk radio show where I get to sit down and have awesome, authentic conversations with fellow guests on the show. And this week, I got to talk to Juliana Omi with the Dear Lovers XO podcast. Please make sure that you follow and subscribe to the Dear Lovers XO podcast and the Pursuing Truth podcast on YouTube, Instagram, and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy this episode with Juliana. Hi, I'm Juliana Omi. Nice to meet you all. I'm 20 years old and I'm a certified life coach. Now, normally people will get all shocked at that, but I was born and raised in South America and I moved to the States about three years ago. So I have quite of a different kind of outlook on life. Um, and so I just, whenever I started the podcast, it kind of started a little bit off on the rough because a lot of people were giving me some hate for it. But like you said, we have to stay consistent with with what we're doing. And my goals are are to help people. And it's a it's a pure goal. And I feel like God speaks to me through it. So that's that's my purpose for it. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Well, I'm I'm excited that we worked this out the way we did. And it's been um it's been a couple weeks in the making, really. I mean, we've been talking about it and everything. We have, we have, and it's really exciting because we got we got a lot of people who who have different opinions on the podcast too. So it's it's interesting kind of touching base with what people think and kind of seeing the core the core values from it. So I was excited when you reached out. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, because I've heard this perspective on what does it mean to be a high value or low value man or woman. Oftentimes the perspective is, well, that's demeaning to me because I may not see myself as high value. And that's yeah. a fair, that's a potential fair assessment of yourself. Maybe you aren't everything that you could be. But the point is, is that we should always be striving to be the best version of ourselves. So it's a fair assessment to say, hey, you know what? That high value, that low value conversation doesn't feel and set right with me. There's this perspective that I was thinking about before we got going. And if you took, mm -hmm. Ju Juliana, if, let me ask you this. If you took three men and mm -hmm. all three of them looked the exact same, all of them had the same values. All of them had the same character. But the only difference was, is that one made $150,000 a year. Oh, you stole one, it. One made $100,000 a year and the other one only made fifty. But yeah. on every other level, they were the exact same. What would you go for naturally? Man, I'm so I'm so jealous that you just stole my analogy of the day because I was going to make the same analogy, but diff a little bit different than yours. So obviously, women are more prone to go for the man who has more money. This is just this is just a way of life. As a guy is more prone to go for a woman who is more beautiful, and it's sad to look at it this this way because it it's kind of like a sort of trade, right? And values change over time. So men over time increase in value because they make more money. Whereas women can decrease in value because your beauty doesn't last forever. And I, I hate putting it that way because personally I, I'm a woman, right? And I, I, feel, I feel like it's offensive, but at the same time, it's just something that is true. And 
this is why, and I, I bring it back around to, there's this book that's called Marry Him, Mr. Good Enough. And it's about this, this woman who's in her 30s who kind of had a, a strange way to go about the family life, a non-traditional way. She, she was looking for her husband and she was working, career-driven. But then she said, you know what? I can't find a man right now, so I'll just get pregnant first. And so she went and she got herself pregnant, like artificially inseminated, and then realized how much of a struggle it is to have a kid on your own and then went on the, on the, on the pursuit of finding another man to to who would love her and her kid so it's a really interesting book but the gist of the book is how the value of women and men differ completely it's totally different so yeah I mean women would tend to go for the guy who has 100k more than the guy who has 50k but to my analogy I was gonna say that let's say I give you the same guy you know same values whatever but one guy has has learned how to hone his skills, right? And this other guy, the same guy in a different, like a parallel universe, if you will, is poor and is a bum or is living in his mom's basement eating Cheetos, okay? And he meets the same woman and how, which, which woman is going to pick who? Is the woman who meets the Cheeto guy going to pick him or is she going to pick the, the guy that makes essentially 100K? And obviously, she's going to pick the guy who makes 100K, not because he's making 100K, but because money is also an interesting, it's an interesting type of accomplishment. It's like a trophy for guys. You, you really, and for women as well, you make money and it's, it's, it shows how much work you put into getting that money. You know, it's not just, oh, I have money because, oh, my parents gave me money. No, it's because you've really put in dedication and you've learned how to hone your skills into making a certain amount of money, X, X amount of money, in this case, 100. Um, so money isn't because it's money. It's because you have proof of well, income and, and, and discipline. It's, it's proof that you may potentially be able to provide in harsh moments. Right. M money kind of provides that cushion. But, but throw this out here, because this is another aspect of being a high-value man, is that he's able to protect. Right. Okay. So, like, I was working in law enforcement for five years, and this, this conversation often kind of irritated me because of that. Because, obviously, law enforcement officers, we don't make that much money, right? Like, right. we're literally yeah. throwing nickels and dimes for protecting. To do some of the hardest work out there, which a lot of people don't want to do, and then you get treated like trash for it. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, then I'm told, well, you're not high value because you're not making enough money. You, you <laughs> see, but 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 there's the other side to it that, like, law enforcement is a selfless job. Like, yeah. regardless of how you feel today, regardless of, of um, the hardships that you're facing in your personal life at any given moment in your life, you have to show up to work and set yourself aside for the betterment of that community. And right. there, there, there's a key aspect to that, that it's, it's about sacrificing. So there's this other side to it. Yeah, I'm only making $45,000 a year in law enforcement, but I'm sacrificially serving my community. I'm being protective for the weak. That's right. what it is for law enforcement. I think I think it shows your values too. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys who go into law enforcement are have to really show their values. And it's funny because I just watched this video about all these girls talking about what their dream life would be. In fact, on Valentine's Day, when I went out with my gals, my friends, and it was Valentine's, we uh, one of my friends she asked all of us. She was like, "I want you to describe your favorite like idea of a husband or a man in your life." She went around asking everybody, and. 
And so when it came to her turn, I was like, can I, I'll ask you. And I started asking her and it was clear that she had written a list down at some point in her life of the type of qualities this man had to have, how, how he was supposed to look. Like she'd written all this down in her mind. And she said, you know, he's got to be this tall. He's got to be this attractive. He's got to make me laugh. He's got to be smart, work, but not work too hard and do this, not do this and whatever. And I eventually kind of took it away from just the attributes of what she was saying. Like she said, you know, funny, charismatic, nice, loving, whatever, all these good attributes, right? And I, I kind of led it a different way. I asked her, okay, so in this hypothetical world, in your dream world, um, what's the house like? The house where you guys are living in? What is it like? And she described, you know, this mansion. She described like a two-level store, two-story house with five-plus bedrooms, uh, his office, her office, you know, sort of thing. And then I asked her how many cars would she have and if she liked cars, if she wanted like high-end cars. And she was like, oh, I don't really care about the car, but he'll he'll give me something nice sort of thing. <laughs> and then I, I went on and I said, okay, so how many kids do you have? And, and she was like, I really haven't thought about it, like three, four, I don't know. And so, and so it kind of went on in, into that sense. And I asked her, so how much, how much a year would your, would your ideal man have to be making? And she's like, I don't know, like 120K a year. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's, that's like 1%. That is less than 1%, actually. 0.1% of society. And she's 37. She's 37. She looks like she's 22, which is awesome. But, but she's 37. And I, and, and I asked her, so what age would this guy be? And she said, anywhere from 27 to 37, 34, 30, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, so if we look at statistics, 0.1% of men make a hundred, 150,000 a year. And usually that 1% that makes it is over 75. And if you wanted all the, the lavish, the lavish life that you want, which is the house, the cars, the traveling, you know, vacations every year, every month, anything like that. And you want him to be working all day, but also be loving and kind and all this. I mean, what are the chances this man is also going to want you? What are the chances he's not going to want like the, the, the promiscuous lifestyle of just going and hanging out with all these models and all this stuff? Why would he want you? Why would he want to settle down with you? And it puts it into perspective. It's a sad, I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble, but it's, it's true, you know? And when you're a high value woman, I think, and when you're a high value man, you know what you want in life and you go for it. And money really isn't, money comes and goes. Money isn't something that you, a girl should say, oh, my, my, my potential husband should have a hundred thousand a year. You know, if you're making 45,000, that's enough to live on. In fact, most, most people, most men make 45,000. That's, that's what you make yearly. And that's enough money to live a very comfortable lifestyle. Right. And both men and women have to be willing to take risks. And, you know, getting married with only $45,000 a year can be a risk, but it doesn't mean that that lifestyle isn't going to be fruitful or loving and, and have amazing, amazing outcomes to it. And, and, and understand what is your geographical area? What's the economy like yeah. where, you, where you're actually at? Because kind for instance, where I live, um, the average household medium income for my community is $50,000. So right. if a single man is making $50,000 on his own, he's already making as much as a family of four is making in his community. So right. that $50,000 is actually high value that there, there, that, that, that says a lot about that man within that community. You put it into perspective right. for sure. And, and also you also have to add in that most women nowadays aren't only going to be like housewives. They want, they want the ability to bring in money. They just don't want, I think 
and Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot, about how women really don't want to be working like men work, you know, because men are very business oriented. Right. And this is this is a masculine trait, which is totally fine. You know, women and men will have masculine traits and men shall, would have some feminine traits. And that's totally fine. But usually women, what makes women happy is to to a fulfilling life is to take care of your children, but also women nowadays will want to bring in a certain amount of money to the household. So say you're making 50,000 and your 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 wife, the lady that you marry eventually, she makes like another 45,000. That's that's enough to live a very comfortable life. You know, it's 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 not something that you're going to be afraid of. And again, another quality of of being a high quality man or woman or just a person is is persevering through difficult times. You know, and my, my motto, not only for the podcast, but everything in life is be your best self, but do it even if you're afraid to actually, you know, absolutely do anything despite your fear, because fear never leaves you and you will learn to become used right. to it. And to quote Dune, fear is the mind killer. You know, the mm. full quote is, I have no fear for fear is a little death that kills me over and over again. Without fear, I die but once. So we got to kind of have, we have to shed that fear. That right. emotion of fear. It's it's like going into war, right? Like the warrior. Yeah, this is red zone. The red zone. <laughs> yeah, the the warrior doesn't always feel like, oh man, this is going to go great as I go into war. He knows that there's a potential he could lose his life, so yeah. there's natural fear there. But it's about the courage to go into that war, into that battle, and show up every day, even when you don't feel like it. Just go do it. And it's not about your mood. This is another thing. Actually, Dennis yeah. Prager talked about this on Daily Wire. It was really interesting. It's not about your mood. You know, you, if you're not in the mood to do something, you still have to do it. You get up every day and you go to work. You get up every day and you go to battle. You know, you if Absolutely. you're in the red zone, and this is the first thing that you learn um, in anything that has to do law enforcement or even in the military, they teach you to be in the red zone. How are you going to react to the red zone, right? You have to be cool, calm, and collected to be able to function in that. Because if you're not, if you're like a blubbering mess, you can't really function in you're going so, to die you're going yeah, to die you if you're like they that. will eliminate you yeah i that that's one thing that i had to learn um one thing i did want to touch on too is this conversation about high value low value to put it into perspective there is a hierarchical structure here of men or women that may potentially be of higher value than we are individually but right. understanding that in the midst of this conversation is at a general essence of how do we develop as a higher value person? Let's not victimize ourselves to the idea that, um, the idea that, oh, because somebody might potentially be higher value, more higher value than I am, that this yeah. is a problem. This discussion is needed to have, we need to have discussions like this because mm -hmm. this discussion right here is the one that says, Oh, wow. Okay. I, I need some direction in my life. I need to find where to go. And I, I right. need to find out how to get there. And what the first thing is examining that. What is it to be that high value person? So right. what, what would it mean to be a high value woman then? What, what would be some characteristics of a high value woman? Okay, so personally, I mean, we all have different definitions of high value, right? But my my definition of high value is, you know, of a woman. She's a woman who knows her value and wants people in her life who value her and who hold her up to that standard that she holds herself up to. And um, she owns, loves, and respects herself, and she knows her life is abundant because, you know, Jesus chose her. Proverbs 31 does not describe a woman who 
who has like a spotless house or with a perf with perfectly behaved children wearing the matching designer outfits. <laughs> right. Honestly, not even a woman who's married or has children. These these words describe a woman who honors God by seeking him in everything that she does and trusting him wholeheartedly with her life. You know, she has a heart of reverence that overflows into a spiritual maturity and wisdom. And she's not born this way. Again, going back to people aren't born this way. You get there by a process of refinement, which is work, which is a work that specifically like the Holy Spirit does in all of us. So that's what a high value woman is. I think what is a high value woman for you and your perspective? See, and I think that's a, that's always a fair question is to throw it back at the man, right? Yeah. Uh, be, be, because yeah. and, and no, it, it's, it's fair because what I think a high value man is may not be what a woman thinks a high value man is. So I appreciate that getting thrown back at me. What, what, what I think is a, is a high value woman is, is a woman that knows her position with God. Mm. I mean, I mean, truly, if she, if she knows her position with God, then she can potentially understand her position with me in a relationship within marriage. Right. Because when I look at marriage, I look at marriage as, as, as a triangle. Both her and I are on this same level, and, and we're, we're, we're trying to submit at all times our marriage to God. To God. And, and everything that we do is to honor him. So if, if her value is within God, then that automatically makes her a, a high-value woman, in my mind. For me... <sighs> And this is controversial, but I don't need a woman that works. I don't need a woman that makes a ton of money. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a boy that needs a woman to come in and clean my house. I've lived alone for nearly eight years. I, I don't need that. Those things right. are benefits. Those things add to that potential relationship that I could be in with that woman. But a woman who can also show empathy and compassion towards me, but not be so have so much proclivity to empathy and compassion that it turns into being naive because we need okay. to we need to understand the enemy in front of us. So I also I also need a woman that would be submissive. Okay? And not necessarily right. and that sounds terrible. But not so much submissive. I think there's a bad connotation around submission. Personally, I think that yeah. um when people hear submission, they think they think Middle Eastern women who are who are who will get burned, their faces will get burned off if they don't do what their husband wants. You know, that's the type of submission that people think of when you hear submission. And that's not that's not the the Christian type of submission, because also in the Bible, it talks about how her if you read the whole the whole the, the whole verse of, you know, wives submit to your husbands. It says, and husbands, you shall submit to your wives. It's not Absolutely. just like, it's not, it's Jesus died for the church sort of situation, you know? Right. And, Cause we're and, submitting and metaphor, to the honor women of God, are the church and, and you men have to kind of get to the level of Jesus. And mm. that's, that's, and that's the, actually, I think that's a much better, um, person that you should be looking up to rather than like for say Andrew Tate we hear a lot of young kids looking up to Andrew Tate and right. seeing all the the flamboyant lifestyle that he lives and all the awesome cars and all the women and all that but I want to touch on something about what you said before about a woman and it's extremely important to be complete on your own before before entering a relationship right. and the reason the reason why you don't you don't you're not looking for a woman who cleans your house or does this for you or does that for you is because you're perfectly able to do that because you're complete on your own a lot of a lot of incomplete men and incomplete women out there expect their partner 
to to fill the void of what they don't mm-hmm. have. And this is what I tell a lot of my clients whenever I have to help them through something emotionally with relationships is I say, just write down the character qualities or the attributes that you'd want in a person. And then you try and become that. And it's like looking at the Bible as well, just looking looking at how Jesus was as a, as a man. And there's so many things that as a woman I can take from how to become like Jesus, because that's what we are as Christians. We're showing Jesus's light through us. And as a man, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure and you have to not be able to bend through it. So that's why I think it's also just extremely important to, to be one on your own and then join forces with somebody else. Because I, I look at a, at a relationship like a ladder without rungs. I've said this many times to too many people. And it's, it's like the two, the two little pieces of, of wood there and you guys have each other's, each other's back in the rungs. And you've got, you, you, know, you build up and you go up one ladder and he goes up the other and it goes back and forth like that. And you guys are adding to each other's lives. It's not just, right. it's not just taking away value or making somebody feel a certain way. You're holding each other accountable because you're, you're an entire person on your own already. I want to I want to go back to submission as well and just provide my perspective on that. When it, when I say submission, it's definitely not about a woman that needs this man that's domineering or that I would be domineering to my woman. It's that I believe that I have a responsibility to lead the home spiritually and emotionally. And if if I am in the midst of chaos in the midst of hardship within that relationship, I mean, shoot, bring in something that could be the absolute worst situation, like losing a child. I got to hold it together as a man because I saw my mom when we lost my brother. I saw her basically check out. Well, me as a man, I got to lead in that situation. I got to hold things together, even if it's hard for me. I think that 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 that's part of the perspective of of stoicism that's so important. Is like right. as as we suffer, we remain stoic. We go through it. My favorite my favorite story from the archipelago, the Gulag Archipelago. <laughs> no one ever said this, but my favorite story from there is the story of this man who was sentenced to die. And he wanted to see his wife one last time. And the guard said, Yeah, we can arrange that, but you can't tell her that you're going to die. You can't tell her. So they they get they get the wife there. He agrees to it, and they get the wife there. And he spends three glorious days with his wife. They walk around, they talk, they they have fun. They remember, they reminisce about the old times and all that. And then and then the day that she's going off in a boat, and he waves goodbye and whatever, he starts getting undressed because he's going to he's going to die. And there's a certain there's a certain beauty to stoicism. I think a lot of a lot of men have been encouraged to, you know, give into your emotions. And sure, there are moments for that. There are moments where where you can become vulnerable because that's what a relationship is about, right? It's not being, right. oh, I'm I'm all strong or I can move. No, because I I would imagine in a situation where you lose like your child, a husband and a wife loses their child, you kind of have to be there to support each other because it's not just right. the loss of a mother who's very emotional. It's also the loss of a father and the child, you know, and and so the father has to be as an emotional support to the mother as the mother has to be to the father. It's 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 the beautiful symbiotic relationship of men and women because men are different and women are different. And to the relationship, you bring something unique. Uh, women bring their femininity. Men bring their masculinity. And some women may have some masculine traits. And, and this, is, this is something that um, 
Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. He talks about how you want somebody who you can contend with. You don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who's just going to say, yes, master. Yes. Yes. Ma-. Like, it would no, be boring. <laughs> it would be you a want, boring You want somebody to contend with you because yes. you're going to, you're going to be fighting things through and you're going to have to figure out what you need in life. And there are going to be situations that are thrown at you that you won't, you personally won't know how to handle. And your wife, because she has a different perspective, will know how to handle because of, because she's a woman, because women tend to mature faster than men and men take right. a little bit longer and, and it's totally fine. But th- that's, there's that, there's that line between men and women. And that's what makes a relationship between a man and a woman. So yeah. beautiful and symbiotic. And, and I heard this perspective earlier of what does it take for a man to grow up? Because the reality is there's a lot of 30 year old boys that are mm. running around in culture right now. But we've lived such a sheltered life in America, especially, where everything has been handed to us. Everything's been easily attainable. And some of us have never had to experience true hardship. And none of us, you know, I kind of heard your perspective on TikTok Live the other day of like living vicariously through somebody else and kind of like how you can pull from that. But yeah, but that that that's also that's not very popular. Many people don't even have any interest in other people's lives to begin to live vicariously through somebody else. So that's a rarity. And there's some people that can do that. But other people, they have to experience so much hardship that says to them, man, I got to change. Things got to right. get hard enough where it's like, oh, I got I got to get my life in order. Right. When it gets hard enough, you're just going to have to change. At one point, when you hit rock bottom, you're just going to have to want to change. And I really like this one qu- quote, um, it goes, hard times create strong men and strong men create good times and good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. So, and it, it really does apply to society nowadays where, where, you know, hard times created strong men for, for the, for America and America is one of the best countries. I mean, it it is the best country. It's the most, it's the most courageous and most giving, you know, it, it goes on and on. And strong men created good times here. And now good times have created weak men and weak men are creating hard times now. So we kind of have to get out of that, that brain, like brain fart, I guess right now where everybody's weak and we all are afraid of speaking our minds. And I think that's, that's oh, where it's... parents kind of come in, you know, parents come come in there and they arm their children. And you and I spoke about this a little bit before. And the reason why I think I was able to, to learn vicariously or be able to even contemplate learning vicariously it was because my parents were always so open with me about their mistakes and their decisions in life. They never hid anything from me. They never tried to try to say, oh, yeah, don't do this because I'm telling you not to do this. They would always give me a clear example of what happened. And you and I would be able to see the domino effect taking place when it when when they were telling me the story, because, you know, when somebody's telling you a story, it's captivating. You want to know the end of it. Mm -hmm. And so when my parents would tell me something personal about their lives and they were like, I don't think you should do this because of this. And I see a lot of parents nowadays doing the opposite. You know, they they are so afraid of their past. They they don't want to tell their children about their past or even their significant other about their past because it's so embarrassing. And as Christians, when you become a Christian, you're not you're not not going to sin anymore. It's not like you got, you're living a beautiful life from then on out. No, it's struggle. There's struggle, man. And it's, it gets, it gets tough and, and you're going to go through really 
really tough times. You're going to go through really hard times. But again, those hard times create strong men and, and women in this situation. But, but I mean, dude, you, you've got to be able to, to do that because be open with your kids, be open Absolutely. with your loved ones. Cause, cause if, if you shelter your children from the storm, the shelter that you hold them in creates a environment where they will never learn how to weather the storm alone. Yeah. So you got to be open with children and tell them, hey, this is what's going on in life. Th that way you they can learn from it without having to experience it. And yeah, right. there's Don't let the school do it. Don't let your schools take <sighs> take the responsibility of like sex ed. Don't let your your schools uh, take responsibility of any other important things that your that your kids should be learning. You should be able to to put on the full armor of God. And put that on them as well, because if you shelter your kids from, let's say, there's a snake out in the yard, and and you just don't tell them there's a snake, what it just reminds me. It reminds me of a video where I saw Jordan Peterson talking about this. He said, "Imagine that there's something, there's a beast outside, and and you see the beast. You're at a friend's house, and you see the beast, and then you go back inside, and your friend says, 'I'm going to go outside,' and you and you just don't tell your friend that there's a beast out there, and they get stung or bit or whatever." It's whose fault is it? It's your it's your fault. You didn't let them know that what, what was out there. And so you just have to be able to put the armor of God on and then put that on your children as well. Let's uh, let's take a little turn here. How can a Christian woman navigate a world of sexualization of physicality and how can modesty increase her value? I, I always I get this question a lot because there are a lot of women out there who are being sexualized, but it's not only because they're being sexualized. It's because women are always going to be sexualized. Women are always going to be sexualized, no matter what, no matter if you're like in the Middle East covering up and you have your burqa and everything's covered up, you're, you're still going to be sexualized. OK, um, in today's society, uh, access to to porn is just so it's prevalent. It's easy to access. And even on Instagram, you know, you can just guys who follow all these girls who are just showing their ass, you know, just guys nowadays have seen more, more than any man in the past has ever seen. And it's insane. It's just because of like, pornography, click on your phone, click on your phone, you know, mm. and, and I think it all comes down to, to really analyzing what your own problem is, because you can't really put put it on a, on a whole gender to say, you know, cover yourself up, cover yourself up completely so nobody sees. Because it's still going to, men are still going to be ten, tempted. That's, that's just how it is. So We're going woman, to imagine person, it. Absolutely. Go We're going to imagine it. Absolutely. We do yeah. it with the waitresses. We do it with the woman that walks next to us. And, and I, I, I'm not quite sure why we do that. Um, um, men maybe are more it's, visual. Men are just more visual. That's just how men are. And women women tend to read read porn rather than watch porn right. they like the the fantasy the 50 the shades fantasy. of gray this is what i was talking to you about remember yeah. when we were on the phone call and i said it's really interesting how women all, all the women jumped when 50 shades of gray came out because it was the fantasy right. the fantasy of a high value man right mm. but it's it was really interesting in the sense that that's never that's not a thing and i think also like feminists have have Western feminism has killed the masculinization. So they're trying to make up domineering men who are abusive of women and sexualize them constantly to be to be the norm. And there's there's a huge difference, by the way, between third wave feminism and first wave feminism and first wave feminism 
women who, who fought for that are probably rolling in their graves right now because that's not what they fought for. They didn't fight for, you know, all of this third wave feminism, which is, you know, aborting babies and, and trying to become essentially men rather than in embracing their their femininity yeah, their, they, the they, aspects of they were they were fighting for voting rights they weren't they for, weren't they weren't trying to destroy men they 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 weren't like yeah there was a a patriarchal structure of of society at the time where there were men that controlled every aspect of life essentially i but 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 I, don't I also, even, I, like, I, I like asking, I like asking women who say, oh, it's the patriarchy. Who got you out of that? Because a woman nowadays can do anything, pretty much anything, at least in Western society, can pretty much do anything. There are no barriers I, stopping you. And th this Unless is extreme. it's like a, is a physical ailment, like a disability or something. But there's nothing stopping you. And who got you out of there? Men. Men voted you out of there. Men actually passed the vote so women would be able to own property, so women would be able to be uh, have human rights. You know, it's not it's not women who did all the marching. Right. Yeah, women did they, all the marching, they, they, but no women was in Congress when that this, happened. This so. is one thing that I often stand up against, is that we put people in silos. And what I mean by that is we generalize by the sex, we generalize by the... Um, by by the group identity, we generalize so much that we don't look at people as individuals and we take away that individuality. There were men that stood against the patriarchal structure. There were right. men that honored their wives within the home. They weren't just sitting there every day when they got home from work, when they were stressed out, beating their wives. That's not the reality. There yeah. were individuals I think a lot of that like were different. Keying in on the outliers. I think a lot of people just like keying in on the outliers. That's society. Society is based on the generalizations, you know, the right. norm. That's how society is, is supposed well, to be. Well, we're, we're structured norm. with empathy and compassion for, right. for the minority. Right. We're always right. structured with the minority and compassion for, for the minority. Look at participation trophies. That's the reason why people get participation <laughs> trophies. Okay. Yeah. Be, be, yeah. be, be, because we don't want to give the the first three places in a race a ribbon. We have to make the kid that got 49th place feel good as well. Good. When, yeah. when the reality but is really, that's not the way life works. It doesn't it doesn't feel good even getting a participation tro trophy nowadays because, you know, it's just a participation trophy. You know, there's no point to a trophy at all, which it, it really does diminish and desensitize people to to pursuing actual trophies you know actual goals and and saying oh i want to be number one because there's a trophy at the end that's why that's why we we started the whole trophy things before it was because you start you start the incentivize the incentivizing of a child by the trophy and they want the trophy because it's shiny and gold it looks pretty and so that's what makes them work hard to get to the trophy but now there's no point in getting a trophy because everybody gets one so nobody works hard and and you look at the workforce now too yeah, yeah, people that are coming out of college with a bachelor's or a master's degree, they're going into the workforce and they're like, well, I deserve an extra $20,000 a year since I got a degree. Well, I, I deserve X, Y, and Z as a benefit to my job because of my degree. They walk into it with a sense of arrogance, yet they have not proven their work ethic. And at the end of the day, we need the work ethic within the workforce. And we need creativity within the workforce. And if you have not proven yourself, the degree says nothing. It's just a piece of paper that says that you spent some time in a classroom and you learned from a professor. But you didn't get your boots on the ground. You don't right. have experience dealing with it. So 
this whole idea, this whole thing of creating this culture as we all deserve something, even though we don't necessarily deserve it, says I think I think it's wow, the, that's a it's collapse. The, the whole street smart and school smart sort of situation, right? But also, I think we can we can circle this back to how both men and women who are considered high value work on a personal on a personal level to develop themselves, right? Right. And if you go to college, actually, some of the most dumb people I know have gone to college, and it sucks because college doesn't teach you how to how to think critically anymore. It teaches you what you should be thinking and indoctrinates you. And boom, it, it's it sucks. It's so <laughs> like true, that. though. It, it sucks because you know my dad got a better a better education than kids nowadays are getting, and he had to pay less for it. He wasn't in, in in college debt for for years and years like a lot of these kids are going to be because of the 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 name of Harvard or Yale or this and that. Some of the dumbest people go to go to Harvard. It sucks. It really sucks because there are really smart people out there who get who get diminished because they didn't go to college because they didn't take the truth. I'm one of way. those people. Personally, I'm I'm one of those people too. I didn't want to go to college. I I planned on becoming a physical therapist. Actually, you know what? I I was one of those kids who couldn't really decide what I wanted to be because I wanted to be everything and and anything every, at any point. Like one day I was introduced to astronauts. I was like, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> and then the next day I was like, Oh, veterinarian? I want to be a veterinarian. So I couldn't choose. But what I did know was that I. I was I was able to pick up on things really quickly. And so if I did enough reading, if I, I could know my way around certain things and maybe not become a professional right. at it, which made me kind of like a jack of all trades, which is good to an extent, which is good to an extent. You always have to specialize in something. But being an expert at something doesn't come from nowhere. It comes yeah. from that initial conversation that we were having. You continue to show up and over time you become an expert at it. Right. And, and I so never a, went. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. That's the full one. That's the full. That's the full right. quote. A and lot people, of people miss say, that last part. They miss the last part because they say a jack of all trades is a master of none. Period. But a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And this is, I think, goes into the whole high value men and women because if you are able to, you know. Uh, hit the hit the ground running and this is street smart and school smart and you mix those two together there's a nice balance between there and i think high value men are are able to you know be a plumber one day and then be an electrician the other day you know and then you do all right. this and, and a high value then, woman has to has to be a mother and then has to has to help her children through this and has to do this and there's so many there's so many things that are involved in just being a woman and just being a man that be, being a jack of all trades is pretty much much better than being a master of just one so one thing i, I want to hit on too is for men oftentimes one of our biggest struggles is that we are prideful. Right. We carry a lot of ego and a lot of confidence hidden in that ego. False confidence is always hidden in ego. Overcompensation. We, yeah, and we we often fail to be humble. And I think I think for us men, we need to recognize where we need to be humble because humility says I don't have it all figured out, but a good man and this is this is the key thing to a man's true value i think within the world a high value man has the ability to influence others because he's a leader high value men are leaders but they only do that through knowing 
their inadequacies to find other people to develop a community to bring alongside him for the benefit of that community. But he has to understand where he is inadequate to seek out those other people. And if he lives with ego, if he's, if he's overly confident, if he's overly prideful, he fails to see the gifts of others to give them value within this world as well. I think that's right. key for a man's value. Right. That, that is key. And it's funny because a lot of the things that, that, that have to do with high value men or high value women really apply to both sexes in the sense that, you know, you, you kind of have to know your own flaws and, and you have to know what your, what your weaknesses are to be able to carry uh, a successful life or even a successful mentality in life. And it's really interesting because a lot of, a lot of women are more, are more, are more emotional than men are. Well, this is actually right. Women are just more emotional than men are, and men are more critical thinkers. And to talk about pride in relationship, I think it's good to be confident. There's there's there is a thin line between confidence and arrogance. and just arrogance. Yeah, there is a really thin line, and I think a lot of the times when men overcompensate or think, "Oh, I'm just going to act really, really cool, and I'm just going to pretend like I have all these other things on my on my list that I've done," you know, it doesn't it doesn't really show your character because when you're confident, you're humble. There's a certain humility to being confident. You hold yourself to a certain standard, but you know you know that you know that you're weak in certain aspects and that you need to work on those more. And that's what creates a high value person is to actually work on those things rather than just saying, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, that's a really weak, weak out to that. Confidence is developed through a series of proven actions. Um, it's not something where you just, it's like, it's like this idea these days of people saying, well, just tell yourself that you're great at it and you are great at it. Well, that's not necessarily true either. <laughs> yeah, just right. like believe it and you become it sort of. Speaking it into existence, you, you don't speak confidence into existence. Confidence. Although, you know what, I might differ with you on that because I, I do believe that there is a certain... There's a certain brainwashing that you do when you speak to yourself. You know, a lot of a lot of the things that we think are about ourselves. You know, the subconscious thought process, the mm -hmm. self-talk. It it is it is really affecting people in general. And and I I take it from the Bible as God God spoke the world into existence. I do believe that if you call yourself stupid and ugly, you will see yourself stupid and ugly. Right. In fact, there are studies that that show people who who do this over a certain amount of time, they start becoming that. You can start seeing their face or their faces become distorted, you know, and I and I think there's a clear there's a clear difference between what a low value person is. You know, right. low value men or women are are passionate about things, goals and dreams that either add no value to their lives or that lie outside of their control. A typical example is, you know, being so passionate about a team as to merge your own ego and pride with that team. Yeah, self-talk is extremely important. You can't just speak it into existence without action. Everything yeah. that you do takes action. And um, that's part of being a valuable person is that you're taking action in your life. You're not just like, just you know, uh, a floaty on, on the ocean, just taking the waves <laughs> as they come. You're, yeah. you, you got a motor in the water and you're running, you're going towards a direction. You're not That's just funny. wading through the water. 
because it reminds me of, I don't know why I wiggled this up, but it reminds me of, um, that's, that story reminds me of uh, this, this, I'm not sure if it was an anecdote or if it actually happened or what it is, but my dad once told me when I was younger, he said, there was once this man who was, who was, whose house was over flooded and it eventually got to the point where you couldn't see any houses at all. It was just him on his roof with his dog. And he said, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, get me out of here. And then this there's helicopter just like flies by and, and the guy at the top says, Hey, get down, get down, come on, jump on the jump on the ladder and we'll take care of you. And and then the guy who's on the who's on the house who's let's name him. Let's just name him Levi. <laughs> <laughs> for reference so let's say, say levi is on, is on the roof and he says no no god is god is going to help me i don't need you guys god's going to help me and so the helicopter goes by and says like what a weirdo and then next comes a boat a boat comes by and says and and says hey jump on the boat jump on the boat we'll take care of you and and then the guy's like levi says nah man just take my dog just take my dog <laughs> and then he's stuck on the roof and he he prays again, Lord help me, Lord help me. And then this this little this little raft, like empty raft, goes by or a door or something. Think from Titanic, you know. And and he's like, oh, that's weird. And he just lets it go by. And then he looks up and says, Lord, why didn't you help me? Why didn't you give me a way out? There were multiple ways out, but you weren't open to seeing them. So you weren't open to the idea of of helping yourself. You know, you can do all the praying, but with with all the praying and no action, you're going to miss your bus, man. You're going to miss you're going to miss your opportunity. A life without action is a life that's meaningless. And what I mean by that is like if you're not taking action in your life, then you're not going to feel any purpose. A man that sits in his bedroom all day and plays video games, he doesn't go out and interact with the world or he's not putting together some type of um career. The problem is that man is not going to feel fulfilled in his life. He's going to feel like he's waking up every day and it's completely meaningless. Um, and, and you want to be, if you want to be a high value man to women, it's important that you determine what that meaning is, why you wake up every morning. And this is the thing, going back to our initial conversation about podcasting at a general essence, um, mm -hmm. I've recognized through it is that there's many women that don't accept me for what I do here on the podcast. Like people naturally have a tendency not to come towards me because they realize, well, my life is behind a camera and a microphone oftentimes. And mm. there may be some um, idea that there isn't going to be privacy in the relationship because of that, or that's just not something that they're interested in. But here's, here's a key element to finding out what type of person you want in your life is because women will tend to not come towards me because this is what I do with my free time. Well, is that a woman that I want? No, I want to attract the type of woman that I need in my life that understands why this is important to me. Right. And um, so when you find that meaning, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, I, I got I got something, a reason for being, I got a reason to wake up in the morning. When you have that, you attract the type of person that you ultimately want in life. And so like, yeah, there's people that don't want me because this is what I do. But at the end of the day, I don't want that person that doesn't want this for me either. Right. And I think it goes both ways. You know, somebody, somebody who you meet is going to support you as much as you're going to support them and their dreams and their goals, because 
like I said at the beginning of this episode, a lot of these these high value man, high value woman qualities pertain to both genders. It's just not it's not just you know for men or just for women. This is this applies to both. If you're a girl and you and you wake up and you feel like you have no purpose in life, you really need to read the Bible. You need to find your identity in Christ. And it's important for everybody, every human being to have a purpose. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a huge increase in in depression and suicide is because you don't you don't feel like you have a purpose. And this was something that I felt like very culturally shocking when I moved to the States was um, the fact that people tend to do this self-isolation and you feel like nobody sees you. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody makes the first step to, step to talk to you. If you want to have friends, you have to be very intentional with, the, with the, the pursuit of your friends. You have to be very intentional with the pursuit of a relationship. A lot of people don't want to, don't even feel the need to pursue relationships or friendships or any type of relationship at this point, which is really sad. And, and I think they get caught up in this whole self-love movement. There is, there is a point where you need to really love yourself and appreciate who you are, but I don't think that becoming ego, egotistical in it will help you in the long run. It'll just make you feel lonely. And this is what I, I was talking to a lot of the guys on my TikTok live the other night was that, sure, I mean, if, if you're into the whole promiscuous lifestyle, You'll see, like, you can live that life. In fact, I encourage both both girls and guys, if you feel like you, you need to live that promiscuous lifestyle, go and do it. Try it both ways. Try and live it this way and then try and live it that way. And tell me which one made you feel more more fulfilled because I'm sure that that when you pursue that promiscuous lifestyle, when, you, when you're trying to fill a Jesus Christ hole in your, in your heart with sex, drugs, you know, alcohol, whatever it may be, porn, there's so many, there's so many drugs that, that, that are just at our fingertips. Even using your phone can be addictive, you know, being, being constantly on social media, being constantly on video games or whatever, those all become idols and you yourself may become an idol in your own life. So you really have to check it. You really have to check your, your, your mental state when you're, when you're feeling down and what's making you feel down. And this goes back to emotional intelligence. Both men and women need emotional intelligence to be in a relationship. It's not just like a one-way one sort of thing where men have to be emotionally intelligent, where women have to be like crazy, you know? No, there's, there's, there's certain things that we both have to bring to it in, in a relationship to be able to to support each other's goals and dreams and if like in your situation you were saying somebody doesn't really want to be with me because I have a podcast that person isn't for you and God has has been saving somebody for you and you have to work on yourself and this is this is what I tell girls and guys the only way you're going to find a good relationship is if you're constantly working on yourself you're focusing on on your goals your dreams and sometimes it can be really you can lose yourself in a relationship. Like there's so many young girls out there, young women who, who go into relationships look, looking for value, validation. And, and they think that the only resource of validation is by having sex with a guy. When in reality, you're, you're giving up something that is so precious, something that, and, is, and that is meant, and this is both for guys and women, because I know, I know men who are in their 30s who are still virgins and think that that is something that is something worth waiting for. In fact, I think I is. can share the story. Sorry, I just want to go on real quick. I think I can I can share the story of my dad when he when I was younger. It was like a turning point in my life when I was just talking with my dad about 
about my mom and all this. And he said, you know, I, Julie, I really wish I'd waited for your mother. And, and it was like a, like a mic drop moment where I, I realized it was like, my, my dad really wished he, his, his wife had been his first. And I know, I know a lot of people feel that way. So just, you know, just stick to it, man. Yeah. You, you decrease in your emotional availability, the more that you're involved in hookup culture. And I think an important internal question for somebody who is currently involved in hookup culture or somebody who has been reflecting recently on their life is to ask yourself, was I truly happy while I was out sleeping around? Because I've been a person that was involved in hookup culture and it was just like meaningless, just emotionally draining that fulfilled me in no way. And it's, it's a constant struggle because I've been in many relationships where obviously we weren't uh, sexually abstinent. And when we broke up, it was much harder for me because I didn't preserve that um, intimacy for the moment where we were fully committed to each other within marriage. And then so what that led for me was heartbreak. And then there's, and then especially as a man, there's this, this other struggle of like thinking of her sexually afterwards and wishing that I was still involved in those sexual actions with her. And then I have to get over that as well as getting over the emotional distraught state that I'm in because she's no longer with me. So like sex. And actually I want to touch on that real quick because I think, I think that that's another way that people kind of push themselves or make themselves stay in, in toxic relationships because of the sex, because, and for some women, I've heard a lot of stories from like girlfriends of mine who've said, who said, you know, I, I just try to stick it out with this guy, even though I knew he was toxic and everything, because it was just great sex. It's just great sex. And, and so you start, you start making excuses for that person because you're, you're becoming one. What is sex? Sex is something beautiful. I'm not trying to be a prude and say, no, guys, don't ever have sex. Sex is supposed to be something beautiful. It's supposed to be something that you both treasure and you guys aren't becoming desensitized throughout years and years of, of watching TV shows like Euphoria or, or things like porn or whatever. You know, there, there's a certain, it's very insidious. What's going on in today's day and age in society is just very insidious. I see it all the time. It's this constant spiritual warfare on, on sex and on women and on men because, because we are of God. God has chosen us. And, and it's really, I, I get so passionate about it because it makes me sad seeing people throwing their lives away, throwing their potential away. And because we all have that potential. We all have that potential to become our best selves. And it and there's a clear crossroads. When you come down to that to that crossroad, you have to you have to see, okay, am I gonna go am I gonna go hookup culture way and live this way, or am I gonna go this way where I can I can commit to a relationship? And it's just very important to ask yourself those questions. Is this fulfilling to me? Am I just doing this out of out of uh, of trying to fill a void? in my heart and then, or am I doing, or am I doing this to, to help others or, or whatever? That, and then, that question so, may so be. the question would be, what gives something value? Mm. What gives something value is scarcity, right? Like gold, yeah. like gold is extremely hard to find. It's a rare metal. It's, it's yeah. conductive to electricity. It's beautiful. 
everybody wants it and it's something that that holds our economy together but it's because it's scarce so right. if you're out in hookup culture and you're hooking up with random people all the time and giving away the most intimate part of you then what makes you valuable to the man or the woman or the woman yeah you can't be a hypocrite either right because i i come across a lot of guys that send me dms and like they'll say yeah i want i want this type of woman and let's just say for sakes i want a virgin and then they themselves are like participating in orgies or whatever like man you are such a hypocrite you are so hypocritical like take 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 that take that uh take that out of your eye you know it's like if your right eye causes you to stumble and this is what i wanted to talk about with like modesty is that if your right eye as a man causes you to stumble and jesus said this multiple times throughout it all he said if your right eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell and if your right hand causes you to stumble then cut it off and throw it away for it is better to lose this entire part of your of your limb than to go to hell. And he says this multiple times in different versions. He says it in Matthew like uh, chapter five or Matthew chapter eight, he goes on and says it. I think that's something important to address because you've got to get the log out of your own eye before you, you go around expecting certain things from other people, which is why I go back into, if you want, if you want something in a person, write it down. What are the attributes that you want? And then you become those, try and become those. It's, it takes, insane amounts of effort to become what you want in a partner. Well, there's also this, I think we see this a lot with being transgender. Um, a lot of people find identity in their temptations. Yeah. And the reality is, is that we're all tempted in different areas. Just because I'm tempted to sleep with a woman or just because you're tempted to steal something, whatever it may be, that's not necessarily your identity temptation yeah. is a feeling like ah oh, i i kind of want to do this and I, I i want to do it but but at the end of the day if 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 you make the decision then that's what makes you who you are because you're you're falling into the temptation but the temptation right. itself isn't who you are it's based in action coming back to that self-talk everything is based in action and um, this is this. I, I love the Bible story of Joseph because the the Bible story of Joseph is all about integrity. What you oh, yeah. say and what you do is who you are. So it's two, and you can't leave one out without the other. Both of them go hand in hand. Just because you say something and you don't do it, well, now you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Well, if you do something and you've never even examined it and had the self-talk within yourself or somebody else, then you're doing it meaninglessly. What's the reason why you're doing it? Um, there has to be intention to it is what you're saying. And everything right. in life requires intention. So you want to increase your value, man or woman, be intentional. Ultimately. Be intentional. That's true. That's true about anything. And, and like I was saying with relationships, friendships or, or romantic relationships, you have to be intentional. And this is, it's funny because people, people will go into hookup culture 
with knowing that it's meaningless. But why would you expect? Why do you get yourself so hurt? Why do you think you become hurt by the, the, the occurrences that happen afterwards? If you knew it was meaningless, it's because we're created. We're hardwired. As humans, we're hardwired to to want something that's that's long term, something that's that, that has longevity to it, especially in relationships. So you don't want something that comes and goes, comes and goes. Um, and it's important to be intentional with it. I think a lot of people go into relationships and say, we're just having, we're just, this relationship's just for fun. So what's the intention with fun? What, what, like, there's, what's the end goal with that? There's no end goal. There is no end goal. You both are going to hurt each other. You know it. And, and that's what it, that's what's going to, that's what it's going to end up in. And it goes back to how low value women or men are passionate about things that don't add value to their lives. And going to the point of transgenderism, I remember, or even, you know, homosexuality. Uh, it's like people who are gay or lesbians or, or transgender or whatever. They're like vegans. They can't keep it to themselves. You know, they can't, they're, they're like, I'm a vegan. You know that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, they just can't keep it to themselves. It's just part of their identity. It's just so ingrained. They make it so, this is just who I am. I'm just this. And no, you're not just that. There's so much more to you. You're so much more intricate than just how you like to have sex. There's just so much more to you. Why would you even want to associate yourself with something so sexual, just so base nature? What are you, a bunny? You just go outside and, and screw another bunny and that's it? Like, even pertaining to hookup culture, why would you why would you say, like, sex is so important? Yes, I mean, sex is important within the confines of a marriage where you have somebody who can support you and who you are willing to support. I mean, I'm not saying marriage is like a fairy tale or anything. It entails a lot of a lot of struggles, and there are a lot of things that you have to be mentally prepared for. And sometimes some of the things you're not even mentally prepared for, and that's kind of the beauty of being in a relationship with somebody. Uh, I, I tell this to a lot of people who are cynics, who are jaded, who become completely jaded by romance or love, and they think, no, all women are trash or all men are trash trash. No, you, you were just in a relationship with the wrong person. And now what you're doing by becoming so jaded or such, such a cynic is that you are, you are cutting yourself off from having any, any future opportunities with somebody else. I hate the perspective. And, and, I, and I mean that word. I, I hate the perspective of all women are this, all men are that. Again, yeah. it's it's a generalization, and it doesn't allow a person to be who they truly are. So, how would a high-value person, man or woman, find a partner that's also high-value? Well, where are you going? Are you going to bars to find yourself a girlfriend? <laughs> are you going to, like, a strip club trying to find yourself a wife? Like, what are you doing? Where are you, where, where are you putting yourself? This attack, this goes to both both men and women. Where, who are you choosing to be friends with? Who are you choosing to invest valuable time and effort in? You know, um, if I usually recommend people either go to church. You know, if you're if you if you feel led to go to church, go to church. Join a join a college group or a group. You know, anything like that, and and start meeting people through there. Start making acquaintances. If you're not I don't want to shove my religion down your throat, right? So if you're not really if you're not really engaged in a relationship with God, go to go to a library, 
go to a library or sign up for a class, sign up for a, for a certain study, something that you like, that you find interesting. Um, or if you're in the age or if you're within the age range of college, just go and frequent college, college areas and you'll meet a bunch of girls there, a bunch of guys there who are, who, who are willing to start a relationship, but also be very intentional, be very direct with the things that you want. I remember I have a funny anecdote about this. <laughs> I was like with one, one, my first boyfriend, my first boyfriend ever. I, I went into that relationship. He said, he said, do you want me be my girlfriend? And I, and I, this is 15 year old Juliana, 14 Juliana. She was like, okay, so just by the way, there will be no sex involved. We will just hold hands. Maybe we might kiss, but that's about it no touching involved. Like I, I was very direct with what I wanted. And I said, and if you choose to cheat on me, that is totally okay. I will find out and I will dump your ass <laughs> and then I will move on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that was my intention with it. That was, that was how I was being in my, in my juvenile naive way, being intentional with my relationship. Cause I knew that I was going to hold myself to a standard and I was not going to give in. I was like, Nope, this is, this is what I want. If you're not good with that, then we can move on and we can just be friends and go our separate ways. And I, it was, it, I did think you it live was the, to it? It was, I think it was the best, the best approach, honestly, because, yeah. because he knew what he was got, getting into. And if he would try to test the limits, cause this is what guys do and tell me if I'm wrong, you're a guy, but guys test the limits with girls. They kind of, they kind of go through mental hoops. Oh, I can get this far. Oh, I can do this. Oh, she just let me do this. Like, you know, it's it's all about the boundaries that as a woman you're setting for the man because, again, you don't see women lining up at clubs to go and see men. You see men lining up at clubs to go and pursue but women. But men, men must do that for a woman too. Like both of yeah. you guys have to have your boundaries established. Right. I, right. I, I, I would say this, that um, I've never but been one... But men are more sexual. That's what I'm talking about in that sense, that women set boundaries even with, with anything like yes, that. That's yes. what I was and, meaning. And, and, and men, it's... It, the 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 drive for sex with men i think is much stronger than it is for women and what i mean by that is i got to be honest here there's been times where like i set up uh, a a date when i was involved mm -hmm. in hookup culture that would leave the door open to a potential hookup right yeah but i i set it up that way like i planned it that way where this, this is where this is where it could lead i'm going to make it available where it could lead to that in that moment yeah. i'm not being honest about that am i am i intentionally deceiving i wouldn't say i'm i'm necessarily being malevolent and deceiving because it's not like i'm going to force her into that no, right? i think i think it's it goes back to the point that i was making of pushing your limits with somebody and you know you will encounter a girl who will say okay you know or you'll see a girl that'll be like no i'm not going to give into what you're trying to say i'm not I'm going not, home with you yeah i'm not going home with you and and it's it's much i think I'm not a man again, but <laughs> I think it's much more attractive when a woman has that, that thing like, Oh, Oh, look at the time. It's time for me to go home now. Like I, I want to go home. It's, it's about eight. If she like, tells me no, if she tells me no, that means that she respects herself. And if she yeah. respects herself, then I know that she can respect me. It's, and if she can like respect me, then she can respect others in the world too. And we can live right. a honoring relationship ultimately. Right. So there's there's a lot of power in saying no. 
There's a lot oh, of power yeah. in holding your boundary. I think a lot of people have become people pleasers and I myself fall into this category of, oh, I just, I want to, I want to help this person or this or that. And a lot of girls, because our feminine nature is to care for others and is to help others and nurture, it's easy to try and fix that, that bad boy. You know, it's easy to, to yeah. fall for the bad boy and think he's going to change for me. When in reality, you know, you see, the only thing is you only see that in younger women. You don't see that in older women, more mature women who've gone through the fray. <laughs> to say They like learn that. their lesson. They learned their lesson. It's like it's like they, they fear for their future self because they've gone through that pain already. So mm. if you've gone through that pain, you obviously don't wanna you don't wanna have to deal with that again. But I I think it goes back to parents teaching your children about what you went through personally, what were your personal struggles, which is why we're we're seeing a huge rise on podcasts. People love podcasts. They like seeing people who are being real in real time. You know, they're talking to them about their experiences. And it's important to live vicariously because that's the only way that you will be able to to refrain from the hurt. You know, you don't have to touch the hot stove to know that it's hot. You just know. Whereas opposed there are people and this sad sadly it is usually the most common derivative of type of person that needs to hit rock bottom. They need to hit that rock bottom and say, I don't like it here. I don't want to be here. I want to get out of here. How do I do it? But you've already, you've already, I don't know, any, anything that you do in life, you're just giving a piece to your, of yourself. It, it all comes at a price. Anything that you're doing, if it's sexual, um, even, even if it's just like, stealing you know or or whatever you're giving a part of yourself your dignity your the righteous purity that god has given you you're giving that away and it all comes with a trade and people don't really see that in the moment you see it down 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 the road when you look back and you you see in hindsight oh my gosh why did i do that and it comes with with years of regret it comes with years of shame and and it sucks because you shouldn't have to feel ashamed if you if you were acting in a pure sense do you think that women lose their value over time <laughs> so economically speaking like if if she's finding if she's searching for a husband i think I think a woman can lose her value because it's it's in beauty. Guys just see girls because of their beauty. Obviously not all guys, but normally what what a man sees first is, you know, physicality. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. However, however, I don't think that mentally you're going to lose value if right. you hold yourself up to a standard and you you stick to your values and your morals. That's something much more beautiful internally. And again, you know, we're not all meant for a, for a relationship. We're not all meant to get married. And it's 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 a bitter pill to swallow because everybody wants that romantic relationship. Right. Everybody wants to go home to somebody. But sometimes you're meant for other things. Your vocation is going to be something else, and it it will be fulfilling. It just won't be as fulfilling that the way that you thought it was going to be. That's the comes back to God working in, in mystical ways in your life. I always think of God as as the ultimate chess player. He's like looking down at the chessboard. He sees where all these pieces are moving. And he says, okay, we need to put this person here. We need to do this, this, there, you know. And you are just seeing it from the level, the level playing field where you can't see what's going on. So right. in that sense, I would say that that women lose value if you if you're not really searching or pursuing a man with intention because if you see it through the years women are mostly pursued in their younger 20s 30s years you know 18 like younger let's say teens in- 20s 30s and then you see a decline even in hospices like you go to a hospice and there's like 
one man for every 50 women who's single. So it's it's really interesting. All the good men get taken, and all the all the women who didn't right. have the chance to grab. So onto so this man. this perspective that seems really attractive to young women about hookup culture, especially in their early twenties, if they're involved in that, I, I I always have this thought running through my mind. Like you're twenty three years old. You're twenty, and I, and I have this conversation with my oldest niece too. Is like you're twenty two, twenty three years old. And right now culture is saying like, this is, you're, you're so valuable. You're so pretty. And, and it's all based on your sexualization. It's all based on who you can sleep with and who you can attain and how many people you can attain. That's kind of the perspective of hookup culture, especially for women. And the problem is, 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 is that yes, men are going out and doing the same thing. And, and I, 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 I don't mean just to, to hit on women here, but I believe that a man can maintain his value. Like we said, the increased financially over time, a 40-year-old man is obviously making more than a 25-year-old man. But a man at 40 years old is still going to determine beauty is probably one of the number one factors of value for a woman. So he's naturally going to have the proclivity to go towards the younger woman who has maintained her beauty. But if that woman has consistently lived in the mindset of hookup culture, well, hookup culture is going to lead her down a road of sleeping with bad men that leads to her being bitter and resentful by 35 years old. And what 40 year old man would choose to be with a bitter, resentful 35 year old woman that every man has had the opportunity to sleep with so not only that not only that it's also what type of situations are you as a woman putting yourself into and what type of situations are you putting yourself into as a man because then again i go back to the desensitization of sex like if you as a guy think it's okay to go around sleeping with multiple women and then you're like oh now i'm ready to sit down and settle my life you know that takes that takes a toll on your personality it takes a toll on your mentality it just takes a toll period so Mm -hmm. I, i yes i agree that Women lose their value over time, even though I I would say, look at the women nowadays who have taken care of themselves and who are still single, let's say in their 40s, and who said, okay, I'm not going to go to those parties. I'm not going to become an alcoholic. I'm not going to do drugs. You see my mom, she's like 57, but you see a picture of her. She looks 32. She looks looks really young. That's awesome. And it's because she's been taking care of herself and a woman will take care of herself and will mature like like fine wine, just like a man will, if she's not putting herself in those situations where she's getting used, abused. And same for men, because like I said, desensitization of sex. Guys are more... Uh, prone to watching porn are more prone to to you know having sex with multiple women and saying oh look i i've got all this money and this is why a lot of the rich guys the the 0.1% of men who make like 200k plus are are usually like andrew tate you know i can have as many women as i want that actually and, shows that you're low value because and that's you can't a terrible pers- relationship and it's a terrible perspective to have that like oh, oh yeah. as a man it's about how many women i can sleep with no dude it's about like how you're fulfilling your purpose, how your purpose plays out in other people's lives and how you influence people to be better in a honoring way. And if you're encouraging them to dishonor themselves by going out and getting involved in hookup culture, knowing the results of the emotions of the man that because he's sleeping with all of these women, now he's not emotionally available for a good woman. Now, what type of good woman is going to want him at the end of the day when he's just emotionally distraught because he's been sleeping with all of these women? So it goes... It goes hand in hand. 
It does. It goes both ways. It's not like a, a one-way street. It's two-way street. It's it's both men and women can lose their value if they're if they're putting themselves in the wrong situations. Now, I, I strongly encourage anybody listening right now to look up the book, Marry Him, Mr. Good Enough, because I, I love that book. I read it like twice and I was like, this is insane because it was coming from a perspective of a woman who spoke to all these other women. And she was like, oh my gosh, I really screwed my life by going into hookup culture, by not seeking a relationship intentionally from the time that I was younger. Because most women um, who, who find a good relationship like in their teens or 20s end up marrying a really good guy, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe that I'm still married. Whereas in that book, there are certain, there's certain women who talk about, um, for example, there's this one girl, she said, I was, I was in college and I was, I was dating the love of my life. And I just realized that he was the only guy I'd ever dated. I was dating him for about a year and a half and I didn't really have any other guys before him. And he was like my first sexual experience. And so, and we were very in love. He was, he wanted to, he wanted to ask me to be his wife. And when he did, I said, I said, no, I need time to think about, about our relationship and whatever. And so they ended up breaking off and going separate ways. And years later, she's been partaking in hookup culture because society tells you that as a woman, if you're not participating in hookup culture, if you're not, if you're not living this free love movement sort of thing, then what type of experience you're going to have when you're married? Like, oh, you need that experience. You need to, you need to first live with somebody to know what they're like. There, there's this huge push for people living with each other. And if you see it, like statistically, you see that when people uh, start living with each other before marriage, before marriage, that relationship doesn't end well. It declines over the years. It's like, oh my gosh, we hate each other. I don't, I don't like this person. There, I don't there's like a habits. higher percentage of divorce when you live together before marriage. Before marriage. So it is yeah. such a false perspective that you must live together before you get married. And it's such a false perspective to 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 go around having sex with as many people as you can, whether you're a man or a woman, to gain experience. Sex is probably the easiest thing that comes naturally to people. And well, you just then, go in a bedroom and you do it and that's it. Then it the question time. is, why wouldn't you want to learn that with your wife? Why wouldn't exactly, you want to exactly. learn that with your husband? I was leading up to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't you want to build something? This is go this goes back to like marriage. Why wouldn't you want to build a fortune with your wife? So on my podcast, I talked about capstone marriages and cornerstone marriages. Capstone marriage is when somebody marries in their older age, like 30s, 40s. And capstones is when you marry in your teens or your 20s, you know, whatever. Usually not in your teens nowadays, but before, like in years before, you would have people marrying at 19, 18, right? And, and so what the differences are, and a lot of guys say, I don't want to marry anybody because they're going to take my money. And then, then there's divorce. But if you, let's say you find hypothetically, let's make up a person this guy and this girl, they meet in college and they start dating. And then um, they, they date for a couple of maybe let's say two years, which is the norm for people, even though like, for example, Ben Shapiro dated his wife for about two months, proposed, got married after six months, you know, and, and they're still going strong. And so let's say you dated for them with them for two years and then you decide to get married and you start building a wealth together. You build a family, you build a house, you build things together. You build like the perfect sexual interaction with each other. You build the love, you build all of these things together. As opposed to capstone marriages, I'm not saying anything against them. I think it's totally fine. You find love when you find love and you find the right person that you're meant to be with when you find the right person you're meant to be with. But it's a lot harder to get out of your 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 
practiced ways, like your own habits, the things that you like, the things that you don't like, when you're seasoned, you know, when you've already lived life and you've become a little jaded, you're like, oh, I'm not willing to compromise on these things. Whereas when you're younger, you're willing to compromise on certain things. Oh, like, oh, this, this, I don't really like this about my husband, but it's okay because, because he'll grow out of it. And then you see him grow out of it. You see him mature into a, into a grown man rather than a child, right? Whereas if you're, if you're older, you're already stuck in your ways. It's a lot more difficult to change who you are as a person like in your mid-30s 40s because you've already lived like this so long that you're like why is this person going to come into my life and try and change everything and then they're not going to compromise on anything and this is where pride comes in you both become prideful and you you go against each other rather than being one in a relationship and understanding that it's a team effort you guys are in a team and if you hurt her you're hurting yourself or if if she hurts you she's hurting herself it's all about this team mentality which is why i also encourage young girls and young guys to go into team sports and try and figure out like the purpose of a team sport if you're just like a a serial dater if you're just a a guy who can't be in a in a team it's going to be really difficult for you to be in a relationship because you're always going to want to be domineering and it's always about compromising like do you want to go on the journey together or do you just yeah. want to do it on your own or be domineering over another person? Because that's also that's also like a, a selfish pursuit of it, right? If you're going to be domineering over somebody, it's manipulative and you're just being selfish. And in this world, we we tend to realize that living a selfless life is more fulfilling than just, you know, living on that self-love but, journey of, but oh, I'm always going to love myself. Right. So but what's preached, what's, what's preached is all about self-indulgence. Mm. And, and that's, that's problematic because how are you available for a partner if you can't be selfless? Right. When you're so focused on yourself and you can't see the needs of others and live selflessly, what value do you add to them in their life when you're solely focused on you? See, and that's the reason why it's a totally, totally demeaning perspective of, of self-love and self-gratification and everything's all about you. Like, that's one thing that I found, like when I was depressed and when I was going through some, some hardships, I realized that a lot of this was internal self, um, indulgence and self, self thought. And yeah, I can wake up every day and I can say, Oh, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love who I am, blah, blah, blah. blah. But the reality yeah. is you wouldn't have to tell your, here's what I found now. You wouldn't have to tell yourself that if you truly felt that way about yourself, you never have to say that yeah, because you yeah. intrinsically feel that way about yourself. Right. Like, like what are the things that you're participating in that make you feel like you're worthless? What yeah. are the things that you're not doing that, that could make you a better person? Those are the questions that you really have and, to ask yourself. Right. And, and the reason why it's selfish is because now I was enabled to enjoy the moments with others and them enjoy my full participation in the relationship because I was so focused on how I felt internally about myself. Yeah. And once I started to realize, well, what value do I add to them? Then when I had that question, it's like, oh, okay, so I'm a good friend because I can add value 
hear. Maybe yeah. it's perspective of life. Maybe it's it's a conversation, or maybe it's just simple. But the, the thing that all of us men need is encouragement. Maybe it's simply providing encouragement to my friends. Guess what? Because I was doing that, not from a selfish manner, but because I wanted what's best for them, I felt fulfilled in that relationship more than I could have ever experienced prior when I just continually told myself, oh, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. None of right. that was was true because I had to tell myself that. But when mm -hmm. I started adding value to other people's lives, then I felt truly valued and I didn't have to tell myself that anymore. So my question is kind of like, what led you there? Were you, were there differences between like the nice guy or the same situation? What was going on in that time of your life for um, you to, to react that way? So March, March of 21, I went through a breakup with my ex-girlfriend. I've been single for two years. And at first, you know, you get this initial high after a breakup, at least I did, where I was like, yes, I'm free. I can talk to whoever I want. I can do anything I want. I don't have to worry about anybody. And then like four months into that, it hit me like, wow, you know, I'm almost 27 years old and uh, I don't have anybody to share anything that I, I've built in my life with. And right. I've always lived this idea of like, it's all about me, 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 me all the time. Yeah. And then I started to like reflect internally and I, I became really hard on myself. Like, how did you end up in this place? And to gratify myself, I just continually spent money, spend money, spend money because that was the way that I was able to temporarily achieve temporary satisfaction or gratification. Right. And there were times when I'd just be like, man, life sucks, you know? And, and I'd be like laying in bed, curled up in a ball, crying, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but it's true. And I was even contemplating my own life, you know, um, those, those and harsh that's, thoughts. That's really tough. That's a really tough thing to go through. I, I think, how long were you guys together for? We were on, only together for nine months, but like I said, it was the buildup no, to that it's moment. It's a buildup to that. For it, sure. it, 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 it was it was three failed relationships. The first one, right. she cheated on me. The second one, it was honestly just bad timing. She was a great woman, and I was focused on my business, and I and I I I, I became um, I became just complacent complacent yeah. in the relationship so i recognize that and then the 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 third one what was, do you mean by was, complacent um i quit giving her the attention that she needed to feel validated in the relationship that she truly felt valued by me instead because i was that way <laughs> i hear the dog but because yeah, because i was that way she didn't feel that i valued her the way i should have valued her and so right. that, 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 that led to the breakup. And then the third one was me living a lie saying, I'm going to go to California with you and me not talking about the values that I hold myself to in my life. And so throughout those nine months, I'm living this lie because I'm just like extremely attracted to her. Honestly, that's what it was. The relationship for me was built on that. And, and the sad part is at the time I failed to recognize just how great of a woman she was. She was very emotionally mature, very, mm -hmm. very mature mentally. And, um, there were areas that I think that she could have grown on spiritually, but instead of me honing in on, on valuing oh, that her, was wrong, yeah. um, that, that, that made her great and who she was, I lied. 
I lied to myself. I lied to her and I lived mm. that out. And so there, there was this, the, just a buildup of, of eight years, nine years of living yeah. like this, you know, and then, and then December of 21 hits me and I go on these two calls at work. And the first call I go on, um, a guy ends up getting shot by one of my officers and, um, you know, it was a gunshot wound to the face. Now he was justified because the guy was trying to run him over with a car and I was right there and the guy's like almost choking on blood and we're holding up his head so they don't choke on the blood that way it drains mm -hmm. down, you know, and then I take him, we end up taking him to the hospital and just like watching that whole situation Thank worked out, develop. but yeah. And, and so, so that was a traumatic experience, but then like one to two sure. weeks later, I respond to a call where a guy just calls. He says, Hey, I'm going to kill myself. Click. And I show up at the hot, uh, at the hotel. And when I showed up, I, I knocked on the door. I identified myself. Boom. Another gunshot. Okay. Look, I've been in law enforcement at this time for three and a yeah. half years. I'd never experienced anything like this. Like Two back-to-back. -back. Now, that's why, look, only 10% of police officers are involved in a uh, shooting at some point in their law enforcement career over a 20-year span. Only 10%. That's, that's, a, that's a small number. So, yeah. so, so, so it's, so it's a really small number. So now I'm thinking, why am I involved in two of these in a week, two week period back right. to back? And mind you, like I said, I'm in this depressed state as well. And I'm showing up to my work, you know, <laughs> trying, trying to tough all of it out. And, uh, I walk into that hotel room, matrix is playing on the TV and, and the background music is going, I look down at the bed, his wife is calling him. And then I look in the corner of the room, there's a shotgun in his lap and nothing left above his nose. And there's all this matter throughout the hotel room. And the, the instant thought for me was, man, I never want my mom or, or my friends or my family to find me like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting how God puts you in situations like that where you are able to realize, dang. Yeah, it was I'm just gonna, like, I'm going to hurt people around me rather than just hurting myself. And it, it is, I hate to say this because there are so many people that, that go through these thoughts, but it is the coward's way out because you think I'm just going to get rid of my life and that's it. No, you are going to inflict so much more damage on those who love you because whether you love yourself or not, there's so many people who do care about you. There's so many people who value you, who who think you are so amazing. And right. to to take yourself away from them is also something just incredibly selfish. And I, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But I think it was like a moment of realization well, for you and where you had to contemplate. Hmm. Now, yeah, I, now I, I don't mean this in a bad way. Every negative action that happens in your life, you have a choice of how you yeah. perceive that, right? What do you take away from that situation? Now, me personally, this is my personal experience. Do I choose to live with the, the, the traumatic experience and PTSD from it or, or whatever? Me yeah. personally... I felt that I had the mental fortitude to make that decision that I'm not going to live with that. I chose to look at it from a positive perspective. I think that there's light in darkness, but the only way that there's light in darkness is because of Jesus. And yeah. um, although there was all of that darkness, that's obviously all darkness, okay? Depression, these two calls, suicide, this and that. 
all that is darkness. But what I pull from it is, wow. wow. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't it's want to be like that. It. Yeah. And, and, and so, so there, there, there was, there was, there was some meaning in that. Right. So then I find meaning in that. So it's the crossroads this, that we were talking about. It's the fork in the road. Yeah. And I have the decision to make. So what I chose was a positive outlook on it. I'm going to allow this situation to change my life for the better. And every day I'm going to wake up I mean, it didn't just come this easy, but I'm going yeah. to wake up one day. I'm going to wake up every day with a purpose. Yeah. And so all of this stuff, all the bad stuff that happens isn't so damn hard because I have meaning. And uh, I read a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, and that really kind of opened it up even further. Right. I think I want to ask you about values then because you know purpose is part of of your your set of values how important are values in a relationship to you you can't build a relationship with somebody who doesn't have similar values to you because if you think that you can instill the values in them then that means that you potentially have to manipulate them to think and believe the way that you do hmm. values require us to communicate them to one another so that we both know where each other stand. And if we both know where each other stand, then we both know how we can attack life together and how we're going to react to the hardships that we're going to experience. So values are immensely important in relationships. And I think so many people set values aside and they say, well, he has this, all the tangible yeah. things, all those right. tangible things are benefits. But those aren't strongholds. That's not a foundation to build a no. relationship on. And when you base relationship on the tangible things, you miss the need, the intrinsic need within you emotionally, spiritually, and mentally of having a person that holds true to the same foundation as you. How are you right. going to build a house without a solid foundation foundation and why it comes back to you know equally yoked but also think about like for example for the guys oh, a beautiful model-esque woman who's gorgeous and has all all the attributes you want and for the women out there think of a, a guy who's making all all this money and he's taking all these yacht trips what does that person matter if they don't have honesty integrity wisdom loyalty you know kindness charity they're not respectful to you if they're not courageous in your relationship if they're not if they're not gracious if they're not grateful to you if they're not grateful to others you know it's it's all about those values and your non-negotiables can't be oh he has to make 100k every year your non-negotiables should be he has to be compassionate he has to be loving he has you know all these all these values are what form uh, a a long term relationship a long-term marriage and i think every good relationship any any good relationship that you can see has has all of these if not if not all they have most of these you know where, where you can see the loyalty you can see the integrity coming off in waves from the woman and the man the honesty the wisdom you know jordan peterson he always says with my wife when we got married I, we promised each other to each other we would never lie there's there's honesty Right. There's and, and, and I love his perspective of this. He says, never in my 30 years of clinical practice or however long it was, did anybody get away with a lie? A lie. Yeah. Lies never. always come to light. 
the sun, hiding, sh- the, the the, sun the, shines for everybody. For and sure. this is the reason why it's important to discuss your traumatic experiences, in my opinion, is oh, yeah. because if you hide the, the trauma in the darkness, eventually it comes to light. And what form do you want it to come to light in? Do you want it to come to, to form in the light in, in anger, bitterness, and resentment where it's even harder on you? Or do you want it to come to light in a way that's, that's joyful and has meaning and provides hope for not just you, but others? You have to make that decision with a traumatic experience. Right. And I'm not, and that's not to say like to go into a relationship and immediately bear, bear yourself in front of them. There, that comes with time that comes right. with, with moments and vulnerability whenever you feel like you are able to share that with that person. Because again, these are, these are traumatic experiences. These are things that you will have to share eventually, but also you don't, and I, I say this because a lot of, a lot of guys will ask girls, they think it's okay to ask girls, like, what's your body count? what's your body count or, or girls asking guys, like, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's like, man, are you going to marry me? Or is that what you're asking me? Like, because that's something so personal to one's relationship with the other person. And I think at that point, that's when you, that's when you should come clean about anything that you've ever done. And it's not that it's going to be bad. It's going to be honesty coming through and coming to light. The other thing is don't ask questions that you don't want to know the answer to. If, yeah. if you ask the question, what's your body count? And you're going to be thrown off by 30 or 40 when you guys have been in a relationship for three or four years. And now you're going to hold that against him. Don't ask that question. Yeah. If you're going to hold that against her or him, it's, it's like, why are you even doing that? What, what is, what are you gaining from that? I feel like, I think that's even a manipulative way of, of, of trying to find something over them so you can hold it over them when, when they fail in something, if they do something, oh, oh, well, that's because you slept with this amount of people. Well, that's because you did that. For instance, it's just just a really aggressive and very, very weak way way to approach anything like that for for men um i think oftentimes the reason why we want a woman with a low body count is because it's like a level of innocence i guess you could say like we're, right, we're attracted right. there's, to there's the purity innocence, to innocence. and what, what does Satan want to do he wants to defile innocence that's why we're seeing like this this huge amount of of deaths in in their infanticide you know infanticide abortion what what are what is abortion it's the killing of a child the most pure the utmost pure mm-hmm. you know so i i I, under, I understand that completely but then again, you have to understand that each person comes with trauma. Each person is going to have gone through a different set of, of life experiences that you will have no knowledge of. And right. you cannot hold them that over them either because you are no better than them, which is why, you know, Christianity renews people. It's so beautiful to it's beautiful, but also at the same time, kind of kind of frustrating to imagine, let's say, I don't know like Nancy Pelosi, (laughs) if Nancy Pelosi was to give her life to Christ, I'm like, oh my gosh, that woman's done so many evil things. But again, then again, my, my sin is not, is not lessened because of her sin. You know, we're all the same in sin and we are all renewed in Christ. So there's a beauty to that. And once you understand that you're, you're with in, in, in relationship, in the relationship way, that you're with somebody who, 
who has been saved by Christ, you're with somebody who's a child of God, it changes that perspective immediately. You're no longer fighting against them. You're no longer trying to compete against them. And that's why it's also interesting watching how, how people move on from relationships. You know, for example, you said, you said the first couple of weeks you were really excited. You were like, oh yeah, I get, and women, it's the difference with women is that women will go through that phase. Like they're crying their eyes out the first couple months. And then later on, they start moving on from it. Whereas guys, they start thinking about it more. And they're like, what I've also found, I mean, the last two relationships was she had already given up before the relationship ended. And she had already made that like mind change. Like she's been struggling. Yeah. For instance, my second relationship, she was like going through like all these thoughts. He doesn't feel good. He doesn't love me. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't do this because I'm complacent in the relationship. And so when she left, she had already made that decision, right? Right. But it's also a lack of, of communication because yeah. a lot of people will project, you know, I've noticed myself doing this like in any minor fight or something. I'm like, but I feel like you don't care about me. I feel like, I feel like this and that. Right. But it's, again, it's a feeling you're feeling that way. It doesn't mean that person is actually doing that. So there has to be a conversation about it. And it, there definitely has to be a certain uh, awakening moment where you both sit down and, and you, there's no yelling, there's no screaming. You both come to each other as idiots. You know that you both messed up. There's, I like that. You didn't gain any. She didn't gain any. You both messed up. You're both losers. And you come, you come to a compromise or to an agreement through the through the understanding that you both messed up. You know, and that's where the 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 common ground is sometimes. So so through this conversation that now we've had for an hour and forty minutes, (laughs) I I I think let's be honest. Your camera did did mess us up. So yeah, I know. We had to get back on track, and and I think that we did a good job. But but I think the number one thing that somebody can pull away from the conversation that we just had is that like truly being valuable comes from being intentional in mm-hmm. every aspect of life. It comes from being open to the 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 possibility of of all the good things out there as well i think it's it's protecting yourself from becoming a cynic because giving into that cynic the cynical thought process is really easy a lot of i've seen a lot of girls do this they rationalize the reasons why they're going negative emotion and so and they'll rationalize it with oh but that's what everybody calls me everybody calls me a slut anyway so i'm just going to become that you know and and that's the cynic that's the cynic in women and there's a cynic in men that says oh all women are 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 looking are just looking for me and my money and da 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 and it's it's the same thing you have to be open to the 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 hopeful pure responsibility of being with somebody and you have to hold yourself to that too it's not just looking for a woman who has a low body count you have to become pure in that sense too right. you have to purify yourself with the armor of god you have to pur- purify yourself with anything that you're doing any experience that you're having anything at all you have to you have to take that on you because again the choice is yours you come to a crossroads there are certain things that you've been given that you can't change you know you you can't really change your eye color you can't change your height you can't do this you can't do that there are things that you can change there are things that if you feel like you're if you're if you feel like you're too too thin or whatever you can work on yourself you can work on that body mass if you feel like you're dumb like go read a book pick up some room so pick up some books go study something that you find interesting pick up some hobbies so it really falls down on your decisions as a man or a woman to become high value because we all have that potential potential is always there it's the action that you take to get there again intentional be be honest be respectful not only to yourself your image 
and others. If you're not, then you will be perceived as somebody who is not wanted. And again, if you if you possess those things, you become a person of scarcity. And a person yeah. of scarcity is a person of higher value than others. Okay? Yeah. And, 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 and that's always subjective. Always subjective on what I perceive. Right? If, if, if I think a woman's high value, another man may not think she's high value. Right. But, it's all, but she... It's all that perspective, for sure. Right. But she has to be the person that she truly is and not living for everybody else. But this is the reason why foundation of the values is so important is because in that is her relationship with Jesus or for an atheist, her relationship with her morality, I guess, because that's a whole nother conversation. But Right. That, that is, but I was going to say like hold true to your values and your morals. Cause if you're giving in of your values and your morals to other people, really, who are you? That's what you have to question yourself whenever you're, you're trading a value for, for spending time with somebody that you like or, or whatever. Who are you without your values, without your morals? Who are you truly? And what does that say to those around you? Right. I think that's a good note that we should leave it off on. Yeah. We got to do another one. We do. We're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be each other's guests on each other's podcast. How's that? Honestly, I, I could do this um probably every other week to be honest hey it was a really good conversation like seriously i i i enjoy having fruitful conversations with people who who are common sense and i think it's it's the silent majority that have common sense they're just not as loud as the as the oddities out there that are just always screaming about you know wake up and they go to twitter and they complain i think it's the silent majority that that do feel this way and that do do sympathize and empathize with it so so what just just in close closing, what is your platform all about? Um, the Dear Lovers XO podcast. What is it all about, and what value does it add to su- a new listener? Well, the Dear Lovers podcast is all about finding a way to be intentional with a relationship. So what I studied was. I'm a certified life coach and a relationship coach, and I have clients. And so what we do is we try and figure out the way to really deal in this world of of depression romantically, but not only romantically, but in family-wise. And we study, we study the four types of love in Greek love, so eros, philia, agape, and storge, and the difference between them. We have a lot of these interesting conversations on there. And in fact, I have a whole list of people that I'm excited to get on to talk about how they deal in their day-to-day life uh, with Christianity, or even if you're not, if you're not religious, because most of what I believe is is shown through the the worldview that I have, which is through the lenses of Christianity and my relationship with God. So I give my commentary on that from that perspective. Same here. <laughs> Everything's yeah. done Wait, with I, a Christian worldview on my end. I, I guess I just I try to do. It's funny because a lot of people use this. They say I want you to be the best version of yourself, and it sounds so corny, but it really it that's that's all I've ever really wanted to do with people was help them become their best version of themselves because I am on that road. You know, as a fellow, as a fellow journeyman, I'm on that road as well of becoming the best version of myself. And it's, it's a constant battle. You know, we have, we have our, our, our sin nature that we're constantly dealing with, you know, giving into that or not giving into that. And that's what the whole battle is about. It's about fighting a, 
Satan who's just trying to trying to get at you from all these different places, depression, anxiety, a suicide, you know, everything that, that is bad, that is darkness is him. And you have to be extremely careful with the things that you support, the things that you believe in, the things that you listen to, the things that you say to yourself. And I think I've all, I've struggled with that, my fair share, and a lot of people who I've had on the podcast and who I will be having on the podcast have struggled with that. So that's what I've, I'm just trying to give other people like some some type of closure through those conversations well if you guys would make sure you subscribe to the dear lovers xo podcast on youtube go check her out on apple podcast and spotify leave ratings and reviews there do it for the pursuing truth podcast as well extremely important that we get feedback from you guys lets us know some direction of what is something that you need what are some questions that you have if you want to do something similar to what julianne and i are doing ask us some questions i'm sure julianne i know she's been very reciprocal in communication with me i'm sure she will be with you as well because we're here to help you along your journey of life because like she said we are journeymen as well so you guys yes. have a great rest of your week and God bless.